0: This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. The Center for Disease Control in Washington, D.C. Aptitude of viral outbreak warning. State and local officials have reported cases of high
1: fever, nausea, death, and even cannibalism. Look, before we start this episode of the James McMahon Music Podcast, I need to tell you something. I need your Help! Oh! I need you, when you finish with the episode, to go to the platform you've listened to this podcast on and give me a rating, a review, and to subscribe too. It helps me cheat the algorithm and get more ears on the podcast. And know this, I'm very grateful for it. Also, I have a Substack where I write about music and film and telly and all sorts of stuff. I love it if you'd sign up for dispatches. There are different priced options, five quid a month, 50 quid a year, and for that, you get access to loads of exclusive writing and podcasts. It's the most helpful thing you can do to support the stuff I make. And again, I'd be so grateful. That's spook.substack.com. That's spook with three O's. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I think, Jesus. This concludes this test of the emergency broadcast system. Oh, shit. You're listening to a bonus episode of the James McMahon Music Podcast. And I'm your host, James McMahon. And this is a Spook Media Production. Oh, you think darkness is your ally. You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it. Molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then it was nothing to me but blinding. The shadows betray you because they belong to me. I didn't really know what to do with this episode. A conversation with one Morgan Murphy, aka Gucci Highwaters. It's not the best recording, Morgan is backstage in Germany when we speak, seemingly building a shed. Also, Morgan isn't very well, it takes weeks for us to connect. Such are the perils of getting sick on tour. But I'm so fond of the kids' nervy, quote-unquote, Soundcloud rap, and of the man who made the music himself, that I didn't want the conversation to go to waste, so I'm putting it out as a bonus episode of the podcast. Not canon then, a bit like the Star Wars holiday special, but nowhere near that bad. Okay, yeah, if, if that's cool with you. Cool, man. Uh, well, look, we were supposed to speak at the weekend, but you had all sorts of stuff going on with your throat. How are you feeling now?
0: Oh, I'm feeling much better. Um, probably like ninety percent recovered now. But yeah, I was sick, and then um, after a few days of you know back-to-back shows, my throat kind of just my voice disappeared. Basically,
1: cool. That's not good when you're on tour yeah no it was it was scary i mean what do you do in a situation like that i uh i I used to be in a band but the sort of music we made it didn't really matter whether my whether my uh voice was working properly or not but what what, i mean which isn't the case with your music at all What, what do you do in a situation like that
0: um i mean you just gotta like go on vocal rest for as long as you can um and then just drink tea but there's really not like a lot you could do um you have to just wait it out, really, and don't push your voice too hard. Like, you can kind of feel when you're singing. If, uh, you know, you're going to push it hard, you just kind of have to keep it chill when you're
1: performing. Do you want to hear an insane throat-related story? Yeah. Years ago, I used to work on this this music magazine that did an interview with Paramore. And uh, the writer, he went to interview Haley Williams. And I think at that time on the tour, she was on vocal rest for, like, the... Um, she would basically be on vocal rest before the show, but she would speak after the show. Yeah. Uh, so, but basically because the journalist needed some interview time, he, it was agreed that she would do the interview via BlackBerry, that she would basically kind of, re, you know, reply. I can't remember what he used to be called. It used to be called call it like BSM or something like whatever the BlackBerry chat used to be. And they would basically chat. Yeah. She would, she would be like backstage and he would be like in his hotel room or he'd be out front or whatever and they would they would have a chat and stuff. So um I always thought that was kind of uh like a nice way around it. But the journalist ended up writing the whole interview as if that was the only way that they communicated. And she understandably went mental on Twitter. So uh there's maybe a cautionary tale there if a journalist ever says, Do you want to do this interview <laughs> via WhatsApp? Um Yeah, that's uh that's crazy. How have your interactions with journalists been? Do you, uh, have you kind of got on with them or? I don't think I've talked to any journalists. Oh, really? Is it, am I, am I, <laughs> am I, am I taking your job your oh, I mean, virginity?
0: No, I mean, I, I wouldn't really like, I guess, like, I wouldn't say journalist. I would just say, like, you know, interviewer or, or something like that.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, okay. but yeah, my experience has been, it's been, uh, chill. I've never really had any problems with, with anyone like that.
1: Would would you like me to do my best to change that, or should we just try and keep it cordial? Uh, I'm
0: feeling chill today, so cordial is is <laughs> fine with me.
1: Good man, <laughs> good. Um, so I'm kind of i'm I, i'm a little bit confused about the chronology of your discography to date. There's this EP that's out now called Heartbreak Highway, and that's yeah, public <laughs> consumption forward slash Electro Music Group. But you but you've just yep. signed to Epitaph, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to keep it brief, I like finished my Epitaph deal and I released music through Electra, but I ended up leaving Electra after the EP because uh, I just didn't like being on Electra. It didn't feel right. So, um, I signed a new deal with Epitaph.
1: I definitely feel you can make that story juicier. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, there's not like much juice to it to be honest it was it was all cool but like I just saw how like major labels worked I feel like as soon as I signed and and we put stuff out it was like I wasn't even considered like priority at all okay um essentially the EP just didn't really get pushed like at all and I might as well have like released it independently um and I just basically said to them like I want to leave like I want to leave the label I don't like think it's right. And um my A and R was like, Yeah, that's cool, I understand. Cause he was like kinda on the same page as me. Um and he put in the word and we just like voided the contract.
1: Was it that easy? Like it sounds like I would you know, contracts strike the fear of God into me. Yeah. They just basically tore it up.
0: Yeah, but it it was it was only easy because like I was like I had like kind of like a reason. I had a very fair reason to to like Leave and like everyone could see that, you know, it wasn't like I was just like mad about something. It was like a very, like it was very much like you guys wasted like six months of my career, and like a lot of my music. Like you basically like kind of like put like a fucking stop on my career while I was like building up a lot of
1: momentum. So I've got to say, I mean, I've spoke. I've been doing this such a long time. I spoke to so many. Like so many artists that they either don't realize that their major label experience is for them until you know way down the line or they sort of try and make it work regardless when perhaps it's not gonna work um, so that's quite I'm not sure I'm not sure I can think of anyone I've ever spoken to before that's thought this isn't working I want off but so they kind of acted on their gut so quickly
0: yeah um yeah <clears throat> Yeah, I definitely acted quick, but I felt like if I was to proceed with them and release music, it would be harder to leave um, once I've, you know, put out more than an EP.
1: Yeah. There must have been some part of you, though, that, you know, that when your Epitaph deal ran out, like there must have been part of you that at one point thought, yeah, I think a major label is the way to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's what, how I felt. And that's how, you know, everyone that was
1: on my team felt like i should do it the grass is always greener yeah it wasn't it wasn't the move so what did the people at to say like welcome home
0: yeah i mean like we we basically kind of like reached out to them and, and told them we we left the new deal um and they were like happy to just just to work again and we were really grateful um that they were down
1: to do it again well all's well ends well i yeah Okay, well, that clears that up then. So that basically that EP was this year. So what's next music-wise?
0: Uh, well, I got to kind of rebuild my presence. So I'm going to drop a bunch of singles um, and then, you know, an album soon, but I want to get back on the radar first.
1: I think one of the things that I find interesting about your music, you know, is that um, I've often found a lot of that, Kind of and this is a really clunky term, but let's just call it kind of soundcloud rap, right like, yeah, I've often found a lot of that music has left me feeling quite cold um, but your music is i think a lot of it is about your voice, and there just seems to be so much kind of longing in it that it sort of has a different kind of effect on me do you do you think there's a lot of uh kind of longing in your music?
0: Um, I, I guess. Like, what do you necessarily mean by longing?
1: Well, I guess like, the, I guess, I guess you can maybe say kind of loneliness, but it feels like there's yeah. some, if there's something quite unsettling. And then when I read about how you uh, you were born in Long Beach, you know, you were born, you, you were born in um, New York, and then you went back to Ireland, and then you went back. Like, I kind of thought, yeah. well, that's quite a lot of dislocation, and I'm I'm wondering yeah. whether that's what I'm hearing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think it, it suits, you know, I think the, the sound of the music and my voice definitely match. Um, yeah, I think it, like when I started music, I'd never tried to plan out what I was going to do. You know, I didn't try to, you know, rap or scream or, and I think that's, that helps with the kind of the vibe of it. It doesn't feel like forced or anything
1: there's uh it mentions i I don't normally like referencing press releases because you know you're kind of your average music fan doesn't have access to them but i gotta say this as an enormous fan of the now that's what i call music series (laughs) like i'm kind of in i'm kind of impressed that your press release name checks the the now series What, what was it that you used to listen to
0: um in terms of like which ones or just in general,
1: yeah, I mean sometimes me and my wife like we'll be in the car and we'll be you know like i'm a, I'm a child of the eighties, and sometimes the she'll come on and I'll be like, that was now seven, and uh, she'll be like, "Oh, I didn't get my first one until now fourteen or whatever these are all arbitrary numbers, but um I just yeah. w- I just wondered who was who were the uh, what were the bangers that were on the ones that you were listening to?
0: Let me look it up because obviously it's been so long um like every year you know there was a new one so there were so many but like let me think like what's a good year um maybe like 2006 um like rihanna black eyed peas um lady gaga
1: big songs i don't want to sound like an old fart but you should go back a bit man there's some what there's some wild stuff yeah yeah i'm down i'm down (laughs) what's um (laughs) this is the other thing i guess like with the music you make is that um i think that there's like quite a lot of i just think the vocal is for me is like really the thing that kind of sets you apart um i often think that it's sort of with that soundcloud rap stuff like a lot of the vocals are quite languid like it's quite it's almost sort of like the selling point of it that it's like Almost like it. Not that it's not great singing, but like traditionally, it's not great singing. But like you can, right. you can sing. W- when did you realize that you had that in your arsenal? Um, shit, I didn't. I didn't really realize it um,
0: until I just kept making stuff. My first collection of songs. Like I'm not necessarily singing. I'm kind of just like mumbling. Yeah. But after a while, like, I kind of challenged myself. I was like, "All right, I could probably sing." pretty decently um but yeah I think I learned it I don't think I really like had like like just a great voice I think I just have a good understanding of like melody and and stuff like that but I don't think I'm like the best singer or anything
1: yeah I mean don't get me wrong I'm not saying that you're Pavarotti but I'm just saying that I think (laughs) I just think that you uh I just think that you you have a sweet voice. There's no yeah. There's no way of saying to someone you have a sweet voice without sounding a little bit like your next question is going to be, "Would you like to go for dinner?"
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I guess I guess like there was no point where I realized it necessarily. Um, I just kept doing it, and I felt great, and I never wanted to say to myself, "You're like a great singer." I just kept going. I'm like, all right, people like it, then that's it.
1: Yeah, yeah. What was the influence of uh, Courtney Ballard? What was the influence of him? Yeah, like it feels a bit like, well, certainly going by the uh, press release that I hold in my hands, it seems like he helps uh, yeah. facilitate access to uh, some forms of music that have shaped what you've done since.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, so he's like much older than, than most people I've worked with. Um
1: how how old is he? Uh, just
0: out of uh, I curiosity, Courtney, I think Courtney, I think is forty, right? Something like that. But yeah, he would he would just show me shit that you know he listened to and he was younger, and I wasn't even born yet. So, like his knowledge of music is is so much grander than anything that like I could really ever like understand, you know. Yeah. So he'll play something, and be like, "You never heard this? Like I'm gonna put you on right now, play it, you know, tell me how cool it is, and this and that." Um, so that's just like something unique about him because all my other music homies are, you know,
1: obviously kind of around my age. Yeah. Where are you right now, by Right <laughs> here.
0: We're in Hamburg right now.
1: Hamburg's a really great city. Are you going to get to see any of it?
0: Uh, I mean, hopefully. I want to go to this Christmas market down the street. Um, but yeah, I've just been chilling in the venue because we're pretty tired.
1: Have you ever heard of the, the football team St. Pauli? No, I haven't. So there's a, a football team, soccer team, football team called St. Pauli. I don't know whether you bothered about football, but there's a football team in there's a football team in Hamburg called Hamburg that are like a very famous club. But there's a smaller team, that are called course, Pauli that are in the uh, Reeperbahn district of Hamburg, which is where the Beatles used to play, like in kind of late fifties, early sixties. Mm-hmm. And um, but this band St. Pauli, they're like they're run by punks. So they're basically like a kind of a punk rock football team, um, and very left wing. And uh, I feel like you, I feel like you won't be doing the Hamburg experience unless you find some Saint Pauli merch to take home. For the for a long time, it was always that thing that like you know, no effects would wear their merch and what's not.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Actually, I never knew that.
1: Hey, every day's every every day's a school day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's hard to ask this question without it sounding a little bit like I'm interviewing you for a job. But uh, what 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 success look like to you? Like, I guess it's that thing of I feel like we're in this kind of place where we're trying to work out really what you know. It's like you can't judge it on record sales because it's not really about record sales anymore. And this is loads of different reasons why people want to make music. But what, like, what would success look like to you?
0: Um. I mean, I think it changes, you know, every time I progress. But I mean, to begin with, I think it was just the fact that I could live off of music and I didn't need a job for money. You know, I could make money off of what I love. So that to a certain extent is is my idea of success. But I feel like it just gets deeper and deeper. So, you know, you put out an album, you do this many sales, you tour here, you do this many tickets, but it just keeps going. so I think success is kind of like it's it's a weird it's a weird term because you can find success like after you've been successful. You know what I'm saying?
1: Oh God, that's deep. Explain that a little bit more.
0: I mean, kind of what I'm saying is like you could say like everything is successful if you wanted. You know, like you could say just making a song is successful in a way. Um, but I mean. I think I'll just stick to like living off of music is probably yeah. just the most successful
1: for me. God, I got a bit cosmic then. I was like, I was like, God, I've been living my entire life incorrectly. <laughs> so I'm, uh, so I'm looking forward to you kind of getting back on the bike and reestablishing yourself. Um, when do you think that people will be able to hear your the first fruits of that labor?
0: Um, I'm actually dropping a song in a few days. Um, called in the dark oh. i just made it before tour um just kind of to warm people back
1: up amazing is it is it is it hard to write on tour
0: um yeah i don't really write on tour like we're not i mean i'm not at the level where i'm in like a a nice tour bus or anything like we're in the back of a van so um it's not like i have much comfort to write music
1: you should see how i make this podcast I'm I'm surrounded by dirty coffee mugs as uh, <laughs> this Joe Rogan. It isn't. Listen, dude. Um, it's been really nice to speak to you. Like I say, I think that your music's great, and uh, I think it's really great that you are. Um, you've weathered this kind of little rocky patch, and you're back, back, back. So I'll be listening to what comes next with uh, curiosity and excitement.
0: Oh, cool. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me on, and uh, yeah sorry for having to reschedule so many times.
1: Not at all, not at all. I'm pleased that your throat is in good shape. And go and go buy a Sampali t-shirt. You'll impress everyone uh, next time you go on the Epitaph offices. Yeah, I'd love to find one. Well that was a bonus episode of the James McMahon Music Podcast. Thanks to Morgan for the chat. Thanks to Hayley Connolly for hooking us up. The theme tune is by the band Jobbers and I'll see you soon.